Welcome to the His Call Technology Podcast, where we are communicating tomorrow's business needs today. From just outside Nashville, Tennessee, join His Call as we discuss all things telephony, data, and infrastructure related to business leaders. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of the His Call Technology Podcast. We're going to wrap up what has been a little mini-series of sorts with our sales team. Today in Podcast Studio C, I've got Tom and Patricia and Lori, three more of our sales executives. We're just going to let you learn a little bit about this team and, and who they are, and that way you'll be familiar with them. If you run into them, maybe you'll get an idea about about them and Tom and Patricia, they have been on the podcast before. So they'll if you've listened to the podcast, it'll be voices that you recognize. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you. Glad to be here. Lori, you had a little bit of a drive. You had the longest drive to come in, so I know it was a big deal. Yep, I'm glad to be here. It's about two hours, but no traffic. So it was good. All right. So let's start. I know Tom and Patricia, you introduced yourselves a little bit before, but that's been a while. Let's start with Lori, and let Lori tell us a little bit about who she is, how long you've been at His Call, anything you want to share. Well, I'm Lori McManus, and I've been with His Call now for right at two years. been in the industry now for 27 years, the technology industry, so I'm, I'm proud to be at His Call. I actually was with another company and a partner with His Call, and when I came in and, and looked at the facility, I just I just knew that this was where I wanted to be, a Christian organization, and uh, so I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. You live over in West Tennessee. I do. That's kind of the area that you're focused and covering, right? Yes, sir. West okay. Tennessee. Patricia, tell us a little bit about, about you and maybe catch us up on what's going on. All right. Great, Chuck. Thanks for having me again. I'm Trisha Terry. I live in Dixon, Tennessee, and right where our headquarters at His Call is. And I've been with His Call for 13 years, and this was my first job in technology. So I was coming from, I had been staying home with my boys for eight and a half years before I started working at His Call. So I'd taken a break from the workforce. So coming back to His Call, was a great experience for me because Gary let me start right where I was, just part-time, and then I moved into full-time, and I've been in sales ever since November of 2010. November so. of 2010. Yes. That's pretty uh, pretty good. All right. Tom, what about you? Been at his call about 18 years. Uh, You're the veteran in this, this book yeah, right here. Yeah, so <laughs> I've been here a little longer than the other two folks, but been in technology sales about 32. About 17 of those years, about almost half were spent in West Tennessee, and the other half have been in Middle Tennessee. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the kind of kind of the story. But I still have a, a lot of customers. I, I deal with customers all across the country, and both in but most of them are in Middle and West Tennessee, or have some tie to Middle or West Tennessee. Right. Patricia's a native of Dixon County. Yes. Lori, sir. are you a native? West Tennessean? Yes, sir. Okay. Madison County. Madison County. Mm-hmm. And Tom, I, I never quite nailed down you're uh, a native of, I thought <laughs> you were a native of West Tennessee, but then it's Middle Tennessee. And I actually, I, I was raised in right outside of Nashville. Okay. So. But you did live in West Tennessee. For I lived in West Tennessee for 17 years. Yeah. 17 years. Yeah, I okay. was transferred. I started with, with AT&T in 91 and 
they were going to send me to Louisville and then turn around and send me to Jackson. So that's a big oh, difference. Wow. Yeah, like Jackson better in Louisville. <laughs> but all right, well, you each have been in sales. How would you say sales has changed? I was like, if I can insert here, I would say that there are some things that have stayed the same. If you can take care of your customers and be responsive, that's always, they're always receptive to that. So that's kind of been my differentiator my entire sales career. So I had 11 years of selling institutional foods right out of college. And then my years that I stayed at home, I actually developed my own stationery company. And I was the maker and the seller of my product. So that was interesting through those years. But really, if you can be responsive to people, it's just that's what that is what has stayed the same. And there have been years where pricing was the most important, then people refocus on the relationship. You know, it kind of ebbs and flows is what I have found. I thought with the pandemic and the change of the pandemic when we came back, it might create some little more patience when they felt like everything had changed and then when they kind of warmed back up to it. And I'm interested to see, I think we're still seeing the differences that that's going to make in the industry as we move forward, as things settle out, and we get further and further away from that pandemic. That's very interesting. You you told something I didn't know, that you had this stationary company. I don't remember ever knowing that before. Yes. It's called Eskimo Cards, because ever since I was a little kid, my dad could told me that I could sell ice to Eskimos. So that's what we named the card company. I love that, and I believe it, too. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Absolutely. Tom, what about you? Have you perceived or, or recognized some difference in, in the sales process, or is it different today than it was when you started? Well, yeah, absolutely. When, I remember when I started, we didn't have – we had computers, but we didn't have PCs that, or laptops. Right. So – yeah, that's that's old school. But one of the things that I've noticed, and it accelerated significantly with the pandemic, was still great to go out and see customers. But a lot of times customers, it really expect the majority of your communication to be remote, both with video conferencing and with email and, and those types of things. There's a lot of times I may meet with a customer one time, then do the rest of it over electronic communication where that was something that was unheard of when I started and frankly was kind of still unheard of till the pandemic really changed that a lot. So, so I guess and that frankly makes makes us more productive, but you got to be careful because you still need to go out and see people and you can't just sit behind a desk and fire off emails. A lot of customers, though, are are expecting you to build that relationship, but that may be very much so over, you know, a webinar or, mm-hmm. you know, video conference versus doing it in, you know, and I deal with customers all across the country, and they're not expecting me to go and see them very frequently. So there's a place for video, but the, in, the in-person meeting is still important. Well, I'll give an example. I was doing working with a customer and we were communicating by email back and forth and then I said well you know let me just come out and meet you and let's kind of walk through this setup and you know what they were talking with me was doing probably a you know a small project well when I was done with that the project had morphed into probably five times the size of the project because me being there with them and seeing the challenges that they were having and what they needed was 
I would have never been able to do that unless I had been on site and saw the. And so the customer a lot of times doesn't realize the expertise that we can bring to help them. They don't realize what they can benefit from. So if you're just talking to them about what they think they need, a lot of times they they don't really know. Maybe they don't really know the depth and the breadth of his call and what we can bring to solve their their issues. And so that's kind of one of those things is sometimes these remote conversations don't get to all uncover all the needs that they have. And that really is best done on site, walking around, looking about this and saying, hey, why are you doing that? Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, technology evolves in funny ways. Sometimes people that are in business for themselves and they're doing what they know to do technology may not be their primary focus, but they need to do something. They figure out a way to make it happen, but it might not be the best way, and they don't always know the what they need. And sure. So uncovering that in person is a lot easier than, than doing that over the phone and video. Lori, do you see a change in, in the sales process and in the way that you sell? Since well, I mean— I'm like Tom. I do. I do like to meet someone in person because what they think they need may not be, you know, what I can uncover. And you know, by me walking around and and looking at what how their offices are set up or or such. I mean, and we do sell such a variety of things that customers do not know. And I mean, we'll go around and see that they've got digital signage up, and hey, we do that. We're kind of a one-stop shop for everything, so anything low voltage. So that would, you know, really helps us to determine what else we might be able to help the customer with. So true. Very good point. Do you feel like sales is still heavy relationship, or does the relationship matter less? I really think it depends on the relationship that you have with a customer. And what I always say is, and and I've told some of the newer people, I have a lot of deep relationships being in the community for a long, long time. I'm definitely invested in the area. I try to put my, I volunteer a lot, so I do have a lot of those connections. But for me personally, I would almost rather sell to a stranger that becomes a friend than to set, to try to sell a personal relationship. Because when you sell to someone you know personally, it becomes personal. So I've often said, Chuck, to some of the newer people, what I like about his call, and I'll go there first, is that we all are doing, and the sales consultants, we're all doing the same job for his call, but we all do it in a different manner. So when I sit and talk with the newer sales folks, I always am clear to tell them that they will have to pick and choose the way they their sales type. But for me personally, I would rather sell to almost a stranger that becomes a friend than to use my personal relationships to sell. So what's the reason for that? Well, for oftentimes, if I sell to somebody I personally know, and then sometimes it's out of their control and it becomes a no, it's hard for me not to take that as personal. Okay. As someone I've worked with and I've consulted with and we've designed something for, and then it's either a yes or no. For me, that's a lot easier not to take personally. So, you know, and then, but because our job is full of rejection and it's full of those eyes and, you know, the yeses and the nos. You know, Mm -hmm. recently I had some really nice wins, but it's almost the tend to focus on or just I think that's human nature. You tend to focus on the one that got away versus the one that you got. 
So I think we need to do a better job, and I remind myself of that daily, is to celebrate the wins and, and let the losses roll off. That brings up something that I wanted to talk about today. Okay. The sales process involves a lot of rejection. We talked about that on the last episode with Mike, and those those guys are, are new to his call, new to the industry in some cases. They're doing a lot of cold calling. You guys have been in the industry longer than they have. You've got an established customer base. you got people you've been working with for a long time. Do you still do a lot of cold calling? I think... For me personally, it's it's always a challenge. So if I go to a new area, I always want to meet somebody new in that area. It's just something I've always done in my career is to try to find somebody that uh, doesn't know the His Call story. We do a lot of trade shows. So I was just at a trade show this week with about 400 attendees. And so I got to tell the His Call story to maybe 100 new folks that didn't weren't familiar with us, vendors and customers alike. So I enjoy star- sharing the story of His Call to new people and doing new things. And that's the way to get the word out because you never know what that's going to turn around. And eventually they become a partner with His Call as well. Sure. Okay. I've been doing this a while. I have some established customers that keep me pretty busy. But I do target clients and customers, and especially I think one of the most effective is is at a trade show or something like that where where I attend. And so may not be going, you know, down the street and knocking on a door, but am actively reaching out to and establishing connections with with potential clients all the time. Uh, we have something that many, many customers need. Therefore, it's it's pretty easy to, you know, run across somebody who, who's going to need something and offer it to them. Lori, what do you think? Well, I mean, I'm still in the position where I definitely have to cold call. I try to do that more for, you know, making appointments and then maybe just cold calling around those particular appointments. And I do use my relationships, and they're more business relationships, I think, than personal, although they do become personal, you know, with time. But I try to, you know, get referrals from them or, you know, ask them to, you know, give me referrals. And and one leads to another. So, you know, if you've got a happy customer, then, you know, that, that gives you a little one up when you go and meet with somebody else if they know the person that you were dealing with. So... That, mm-hmm. That's kind of how I try to work it. Okay. I can definitely speak to that, Chuck, because before Lori came here to work at his call, we had a relationship where she was a vendor, and then I was the salesperson. And so we worked together a lot of that, and I could tell that that was definitely a key for her is using those referrals, working smarter, not harder, and, you know, helping because I might have connections to 10 businesses and she does a good job for one of my customers. It wasn't hard for me to recommend her because it was something that I knew my customer was going to be taking care of when I passed that on to her. Yeah, good, mm-hmm. good. So in in understanding cold calling and relationships and, and the sales process involves a lot of rejection. I mean, you just don't get a yes every time for a variety of reasons. And and after our last episode, I, I was thinking about, you know, how do you how do you manage that? How do you manage the rejection? And Patricia, you touched on something that I was interested in. How do you not take it personally? How do you deal with that? How do you deal with rejection? How do you specifically, how do you not take it personally? 
practice, I would say, after you. So my entire career has been in sales, really, and I've been selling since kindergarten. So I think it was a kind of a challenge for me that I would just continue to go back and try to get that yes. And so back in the 90s and the early 2000s, sales training was a huge part. Well, I've been to lots, tons of sales training on rejection and, and no, and it's just law of averages. If I'm going to get, if only one out of 10 per people say yes, I know I got to have nine no's to get to my yes. And I kind of have that, that mantra playing in my head all the time. Like mm-hmm. if somebody says no, well, the next person hopefully is going to say yes. Or if I, I know I've done the right thing and, you know, that we've done the right thing at his call, that we've quoted it correctly, you know, that I know that we do a good job because customer service is so important to us. Even when they say no, I have often had them have to come back in the full circle and come back around because they've maybe made a choice. It didn't work out. And we're always here to kind of help them navigate that process as well, where maybe it was a no. And it's probably it's easier to take that rejection because I have countless opportunities that have been no that eventually became yeses and became clients. So I kind of just optimistically hold on to that hope as well. Gotcha. Okay. Lori, what about you? Well, I definitely try not to take it personally because that would just, you know, put you in a sour type mood where you, but uh, what, you know, what I look at it is if it's one that is, you know, a large one that I've been working on, I mean, obviously if you've put a lot of time and effort into it, it does, you know, hurt feelings a little bit, but somebody that I've built a relationship with, I try to keep it going. I try, you know, I try to touch base with them every once in a while. And and like Patricia said, I've I've had those customers come back to me. So so you really don't ever just completely call it a wash because you never know when they're going to come back. You don't want to burn bridges. So I just, I try not to take it personally, but you know, sometimes it does hurt a little bit, but I just, you know, like she said, you do 10, you know, one of them is going to do it and the rest of them aren't. So just have to keep moving forward. Yeah. Tom, what about you? How do you, what do you think about or how do you deal with rejection and not taking it personally? And, you know, it really depends on the reason for the rejection. You know, some things you may take a little more personally than others. If you have a longtime customer that you feel like you've got a good relationship with and then they replace what you've been supporting with them and don't even give you really an opportunity to talk to them about, you know, an updated version of it or the latest technology that would replace that. That, frankly, that hurts a little more. If a customer meets with you and maybe what they need, his call's not the best fit. You know, his call's rarely not a good fit, but every now and then. But, yeah, so they're like, hey, this technology can do this, you know. Had a uh, particular company that, you know, they were looking at a phone system, and they've been a long-time customer of ours. They were looking to update, and everything was going well. And then their corporate software that ran their entire company, they did had an integration that nobody else. It was exclusive to one manufacturer. We don't sell that manufacturer. So, I mean, I didn't take it personally. They don't take it personally. Matter of fact, they've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars with us since then, not on their telephony, but on a lot of other stuff. So, so that, that relationship continued to go. And so I did not take it personally because that was out of my hands. But, you know, you do have some of those where you work with them 
and they make a business decision for whatever reason. You don't think it's the best business decision, but, you know, maybe you honor that business decision. You keep in touch with them. The main thing you're trying to do is you are trying to use the gifts and strengths of your engineering team and the gifts and strengths of your experience to give them the best possible solution. If they don't think it's the best possible solution, I don't take it personally because that means I didn't either uncover some need or something. So I kind of point that back to me yep. in, in in many ways. There's there's some un, unspoken thing, and I can still have a great relationship with them. And, you know, sometimes customers make a bad decision. Sometimes you just didn't uncover what was needed, even though you had a great relationship with them. So mm. I think there's a lot of variables in that. But by and large, I rarely take it personal unless it's a customer who just I thought I had a good relationship with and they just, and for whatever reason, you know. And then I've had some customers come back and say, hey, I didn't engage you for this because X, Y, Z. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that makes complete sense. You know, it's kind of out of your hands or what have you. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> I, I can see where it would be hard. Do you find, do you have to kind of psych yourself up when you're going into, Patricia, you talked about kind of nine and number, but number nine knows and you kind of tell yourself that all the time. Nine knows well, next one's yes. Is, right. Is that kind of a, a mental thing you go through? You've got to go into every deal expecting to win, I think. Do you? I mean, sure, yeah. sure. I mean, I think it, it takes a, it definitely takes or it helps to have an optimistic outlook. And I would, I definitely have been very fortunate just because my work ethic is that I can sell from abundancy instead of scarcity. You know, I just. What do you mean by that? So, if you're selling, and the more more you can generate, the more opportunities, the more customers that you can go see. The law of averages, or you're gonna have some type of business. Uh, and I, so, if you're selling, and your mental state is from abundancy, from this is just you know you're continuing to sell and be successful, mm-hmm. versus I haven't sold anything in two months, and I really need to sell something. Right, you I'm know. Tracking. So. Desperate. Yeah, desperate. So, and you can spot those from a mile away. And for with his call, our culture here is fantastic. So, and I know that Lori can probably really speak to this coming from something she probably didn't believe it was going to be this good. Our culture at his call is to do right by the customer, to make sure that we have everything in place to be successful for the customer with our engineering teams and from the first point of contact all the way through installation. And then just that the rest of it will take care of itself. So if we're all doing that and creating those opportunities for our team, that it will work out in the end. Good. We have to put our head down at night feeling like we've done the right thing. We've presented the best solution and we've taken good care of the customer. That helps move us along, and we've got good support. That that makes a rejection go so easy. I mean, if you've got a lot to work on, somebody rejecting, if frankly a rejection means you don't have to work on them anymore, right? You You, move on because I've got a list of I got a list of other stuff that's got to be done, and I I don't have enough hours in the day to do the work I've got now. So that rejection is actually. You know, because rejection and signing agreement actually provides the same functionality. It allows me to go work on it, something else. It's a decision. It's right. a de- right. And and yeah. so I'll give you an example. I was meeting with a customer Tuesday night. They had an open house. Uh, and it was multi-million dollar project, and we were $150,000 of it. The guy was a car dealership, and the guy who was the regional manager for 
all of General Motors came up and said to me, he said, you know, it's been a long time and I don't think ever have I ever had a more professional, timely, and quality job done by an organization. Wow. And that's this is a guy who opens GM dealerships mm-hmm. all across the eastern United States. And he said, I've never had one go for the what you guys did better. That's and that's, that's impressive. That Very impressive. Oh, gosh. It says, okay. And I think they don't see it as often now as the quality work and quality service and quality implementation is not the norm as much as it used to be. There's a lack of talent of people doing implementations. There's a lack of customer focus. It's really an opportunity for his call to shine for those customers who prize it. That's so true. And, you know, in the world we're living in, that common decency, common courtesy, you know, some of that's kind of going out the window in the mainstream. But I feel like at his call, that's still very much present, doing the right thing for our customers. Mm 100% 100% customer satisfaction. You know, that's what I tell people. It's pretty good to work for a guy who doesn't believe that customer satisfied until they're completely satisfied. Not mm-hmm. just halfway, not just okay. He wants them to be satisfied. So yeah. that's a really good spot to work because I know we'll do what it takes to get a customer there. And I agree. I mean, the customer service with his call is just phenomenal. And I've never experienced that before with my years at <laughs> I won't even say where, but I mean, really, you know, I'm able with confidence to sell to a customer and know that if they pick up the phone, they'll get instant help, you know, and, and that to me is such a relief and selling gives you more of a positive sales experience knowing that on the back end, that customer is going to be taken care of. So, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, well, let's let's kind of wrap up today. It's been a good conversation. I, I kind of wanted to wrap up with, with this. So Patricia's kind of said, told us she was in the card business, Eskimo <laughs> cards, right? Stationary or Eskimo. Yeah, Eskimo, Eskimo cards. Eskimo uh-huh. cards. Mm-hmm. But tell our listeners something that we might not know about, about you. You're looking at me. Well, yeah, whoever <laughs> wants to go first. Um. I like cars. Mm-hmm. You do like cars. And uh, I normally have a sports car of some sort. Uh, and uh, so Have you got a convertible right now? I have a BMW M3 convertible with a 4.4 liter V8 that sounds amazing. All right. Whatever that means, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, for those of us who aren't car people. <laughs> means don't get in the car with Tom. Okay, okay. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> or hold on if you do. Yeah. And if anybody's been on a video conference with me, they realize I probably like to ski because I have both water and snow skis. That is true. Yep. Lori, what about you? Well, we've got a place at the river, so we also like to ski and do some boating. And then I am still a personal trainer. I just, I do that more over the phone now, help people with diet plans and exercise plans. But I used to do it, you know, actually go and meet people and either at their homes or gyms or whatever to do personal training. Right. So, you know, I knew that, but I had forgotten that. Mm -hmm. That, That's interesting that you're still doing it. Glad to hear that. 
Patricia, anything else, or is that is that enough? <laughs> enough a tidbit. Well, I don't know if we've spoken about it before, but my I have two boys, 20 and 16, and they're into bass fishing. Mm. So for the last six years, I've been the director of the high school bass fishing team, something I never thought I would do. And That's cool, though. I have a couple more years to go, and uh, so I've probably had over 75 kids that have come through the program, and some are at College on Fishing Scholarship. So, so much um, fun. Doing what your kids love, you know, for them means a lot. That it's been a fun experience. You've probably got fishing in your agenda this weekend, don't you? That's right. Headed to Gunnersville <laughs> soon. So my oldest is in a college tournament. So awesome! Shout out to Bethel, and hopefully they're doing well today. Good stuff. Well, thank you for sharing this morning. Thank you for sharing with our listeners on the podcast. Thank you for all you do and and getting out and finding new opportunities, new leads, new customers. It's a lot of work, and, and, and I know that it is, but thank you for doing it. We'll wrap up our podcast today. As you, I hope you know, we wrap up the podcast with some encouraging words every time. You remember what those are? Something just... Be not afraid, but believe. Yep. Don't be afraid, only believe. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the His Call Technology Podcast. Subscribe to this podcast so you can stay up to date with today's business communication trends. To learn more about His Call solutions for your business needs or to listen to previous podcasts, visit us at our website, hiscall.com.